It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Not a great performance. Lazio needed to win against Galatasaray at home, and it was a draw. Even not a great performance. Not a, we didn't see what we were hoping to see, Alison McKenzie. Hello, how are you? Um, we was hoping like, to see a Lazio win. Even if even losing didn't change that much. A draw or a loss yesterday didn't change that much. Um, a little bit disappointed by the performance of our team. Anyway, we, we passed the group phase of Europe League, which I think is the first objective of the, of the year that we achieve, but not the performance we were hoping for, especially after Sunday against Sampdoria. Lazio played much better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially in an attacking sense, if you see the way the Lazio attacked Sampdoria in the, the first half of that match and just completely blew them away that quickly, it just goes to show again how unpredictable this Lazio team is this season. The fact that they're capable of such kind of wildly differing performances in both an attacking sense and a defensive sense uh, from from one game to the next. I mean, uh, very very blunt yesterday. I thought Zakanya was was the brightest of of all of them all. I think we'll get onto that. But I don't know. I mean, something that's you know a friend of mine said, which. Uh, I wanted to put back to you is, do you think there was a sense of storing energy for, for Sassuolo? Do you think it was actually just a case of, well, we're already through, you know, let's just get through this and and keep a bit of energy in the bank? And do you think they weren't that bothered about, you know, winning the group? I, I, I honestly hope not, because otherwise, I mean, uh, this was a much more important match than the Sassuolo one, right? We We already talked about it. Uh, we needed to win, let's not forget, because now, next Monday, we're going to pick a team relegated from the Champions League. There's Barcelona, Borussia Dortmund, uh, Sevilla. There are a lot of good teams. So Lazio desperately needed to win to avoid one of these teams and try to go as further as possible in, in the competition. So if this is the reason why, then, guys, you completely got it wrong. Um, one of the things most disappointed, Alistair, was we were so slow moving the ball, so slow. And this made the job so easy for, for Galatasaray. And let's be honest, everybody expected Galatasaray to come in and put the bus in front of the goal, right? They, 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 with the draw, they finished on top. So it was no surprise to see uh, a very defending mind uh, um, team from Galatasaray. So Lazio, I don't know. I'm really disappointed because 
you know, this was so important match for us. And it wasn't just the, you know, it was it wasn't just that Lazio played poorly. It was that Lazio failed to have any shots on target until I think it was the 88th minute. Yeah. And even that was a Zakani header, which was pretty easy for Muslera. I mean, Muslera, like I said last night, he was the only thing he really had to deal with all night was getting booed by the crowd. I mean, that that was the hardest thing for him to deal with all night because the the accuracy of Lazio. Um, was no. was pretty poor and 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 by that I don't just mean the shooting actually I think just generally the accuracy of everything they were kind of trying to deliver was was yeah. pretty off the passing I think like you say there was a problem with with tempo perhaps but also it felt like moves were breaking down quite regularly just because one pass in the midfield was wasn't um, finding its mark or there was a, a poor piece of control or whatever it just felt like all a little bit disconnected last night. Um, felt a little bit like the way we've seen Lazio play after European games rather than during European games. Yeah. Do, do you think that's an upgrade? I'm not sure about that. But yeah, I thought Alazo yesterday, Milinkovic Savic, made so many mistakes. And not only, you know, we talked about Milinkovic Savic tried to score pretty goals, etc. But yesterday, he missed a lot of easy passes in midfield that helped definitely Galatasaray defending. So, terrible performance by him. Um, do you think that Leva starting slow down Lazio movements, Lazio moving around, moving the ball, or it's not Leva's fault this time? No, I, I don't think it's Leva's fault, but I, I, I think perhaps it's that kind of combination of... of um... Leva and you know Husay on the right, not not really. He doesn't really push on as much as Lazzari, for example. And Milinkovic Savic has been playing a hell of a lot of games recently. I, I, I'm not sure. I think perhaps just whatever the combination we, that was put out on the pitch was was probably more of the problem. I mean, Lucas was the only change to the team we saw on Sunday, um, so I can see why why you asked the question. But at the same time, maybe that. That in itself is the answer to the question: is that if you've got this, you know, ten of the same players who have just been um, playing a Serie A match four days before, and we've got this ridiculously relentless run of fixtures at the moment, perhaps Sadi did need to be a bit bolder and make a bit more rotation. Um, perhaps he needed to make the changes he made a bit sooner because, again, I don't think we saw much in that first half to suggest. Um, that Lazio were onto a winner, um, and yet it took a while. Uh, it took until about an hour in, I think, before Alberto Lazzari, um came on, and and I think um, and Felipe Anderson. I think Lazzari did make a difference. You know, he's yeah. the kind of player who comes on and just injects a bit of energy. Um, he's always going to do that. And again, not not totally accurate with everything he was trying to do, but it gave us a little bit of spark. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's it's rare you get an opportunity like this to actually just, it, it doesn't matter, you know, the, the pressure's off. You can actually throw everything at a team to try and win a game because there's no downside. You know, if you lose, you lose, but it's not going to yeah. make a difference. So it's actually a free shot to just go and try and dominate them and win the game. And and they just, yeah, they weren't playing like a team that had that um, that attitude. Yeah, one thing I was surprised to 
see the second half starting with the same 11. I was surprised. I was hoping and imagining that Sari would have made sub change, but seeing nobody wing up in the in the half, I thought, well, maybe he's not going to make changes immediately. Um, Lazzari, as usual, when he comes in, he gives that spark. And I don't understand why, in a match where we needed to win, you play both Maruzic and Isai. Maruzic is so afraid of doing anything, and mm. it drives me crazy. The other thing we have to point out, Luis Alberto didn't start. Sari said it after the match. He, wasn't, he had a little injured injury, so he didn't want to risk him. Uh, so that's why probably Bazic started again yesterday. But, I mean, the only um, shot on target was a header of Zaccagni, 88 minutes. That's simply unacceptable. In a match, you have to win. And Shiro, who was our main talking point ahead of this game, was whether or not his injury is going to be a problem. And he plays 90 minutes. So, yeah. Do you think he looked fully fit? I mean, his he is quite a bad miss at the end of the first half from him. Yeah. Um, I feel like he wasn't. I don't know. I, I felt like he wasn't stretching the the defense as much as he usually does. You know, his his game is so much about running, um, and I don't think we we really saw as much of that. But to be fair, Galatasaray were pretty well organized. They've got a good yeah. defensive record as well. They were kind of moving between a back four and a back five throughout the game as well. It's quite impressive. Um, they were well drilled. So it's not, um, you know, it, it's not a disastrous result, I think, is what I want to say. Because I, I've seen quite a lot of, quite heavy negativity after this match. And, I mean, guys, it's, last year through, um, you know, comfortably through with a game to spare. I would have preferred to win the group, clearly. But... You know, having played six and, and lost only one of those games, um, it's not a bad record. It's, it's not an easy group either. I mean, none of the groups in the Europa League are as easy this year as they have been previously, really, because they've compressed it into eight groups. Um, so I'm not sure I would be completely in despair about this um, in the way that, that some people seem to be. I don't know, maybe you are. Yeah, I'm not very happy. I'm not very happy because, yes, Lazio lost only one match, but won only against Lokomotiv. We weren't able to beat Marseille or Galatasaray. And let's not forget that this Galatasaray is seventh in the Turkish league, which is not the Premier League. So, you know, I, I, I thought we could do much better. I thought, again, yesterday was probably the first final of the season, and uh, I didn't see them playing like it was a final. Um, Zakani, the best player, I think. I think we can agree on, on that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I don't. I didn't see the other players uh, performing as expected. Galatasaray, very well organized team, especially when they had to defend. Um, I thought we didn't have a plan because, uh, as you were mentioning, uh, Chiro was stretching the defense, but that was it. The only the only plan we had in the first half was. Uh, kicking the ball and hoping that Chiro could uh, dribble past two defender and, and score, which obviously in a day where he, Chiro is not 100% fit was pretty hard. Uh, Miniko Isavic didn't do nothing. Uh, I was hoping a little bit more from Basic, but I don't think Basic played that bad. I thought Milinkovic was 
far worse than him. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, Basic also frustrated me a couple of times with his passing as well, and yeah, this thing's not quite coming together. Um, essentially, is what it is. I mean, the other thing to mention here as well is that there's this uh, remarkable kind of disparity between the defensive record in Serie A and in Europe, because Lazio have kept four clean sheets in six games in in, in Europe now, three in a row which is the first time in nine years Lazio have had three clean sheets in a row in Europe. Um, that's, you know, not something to be sniffed at. And I want to get your take on this. I, I, Sari, after the match, was basically asked about this and said, you know, I, I basically don't have an explanation. I cannot work out why this is happening. Maybe it's because it's a well-balanced group, so the team are more focused in these matches, or, but I don't really know. Um, and I have to say, on the back of what we were talking about a few days ago, I think we do know it. And his name's Thomas Strakosha, <laughs> probably. It, is it that simple? Is it like Lazio have a better defensive record in Europe because Strakosha has been the goalkeeper in Europe? Well, probably that's part of the reason. Honestly, I, I was a little bit surprised to see Strakosha starting yesterday. And I, I want to ask you, do you think this is it? Will Strakosha now be the starting goalkeeper both in, in uh, Europe and in Serie A? And yesterday, well, I didn't know this because from the curva you couldn't see it, but they hit the post on the corner kick directly, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, that was pretty much the most dangerous chance they had. Um, but yeah, apart from that, they didn't create that much. Um, I think Strakosha is a very good goalkeeper. Uh, um, Definitely bet, better than, than Reina stopping shots. Um, yesterday, he wasn't really busy, though, right? I don't think he made a huge impact yesterday. No, no. No, yes, I don't think yesterday makes, um, you know, makes a big claim for Strakosha to be the number one because he <laughs> had basically nothing to do. But the, the importance of it is more the fact that he's actually been picked in, in consecutive games now for the yep. first time this season. And the, you know, obviously, as we have already spoken about earlier this week, it's the, the fact that he was actually finally picked for a Serie A match and, and made, you know, three important saves in that game. So the way I see it, you know, I, I, I think it would be really harsh to, to drop him now for Sassuolo because you, you need to have a reason to, I think, at this stage. If you've yeah. played him for two games in a row, the first game he's, he's made three excellent saves and really stood up to the challenge of, of being put back in the team. And the second game, okay, not had a lot to do, but he still kept a clean sheet. That's what you want from your goalkeeper, from your defense. You, you, I don't think you really have an argument to restore a guy who's conceded eight goals in his last two games. At the, at this Honestly, I don't think so, but there hasn't been an official statement, right? Sarri didn't mention the goalkeeper no. situation at all. Uh, Taris spoke about that before the, the starting of a match, saying Strakosha has been here for 10 years, uh, he's a very important goalkeeper for us, blah, 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 but didn't say, yeah, we're going to renew his contract, he's a starting goalkeeper or nothing at all. Because let's not, for, let's not forget that his contract is expiring in six months and no news about renewing contract, right? So, again, this is a big question mark because what's going to happen? What, what's happening if Strakosha, let's say, in February 
sign a contract with another team? Will he will he be starting still till the end of the season, or because he signed with another team, he's out and Reina will start again? And it's also the timing of this puts Trikasha in a bit of a difficult situation, I would say as well, because he he must have at the start of this season. You know, surely it's only human nature that he would have started thinking, well, what am I going to do next year? You know, what, where am I going to be? What kind of team should I be looking for? Do I want a new challenge overseas? Do I want to try and find a team in Serie A, blah, blah, blah. Because if you're being overlooked by one coach and then a new guy comes in and he continues to, um, then your contract's expiring and you're not being given a new one, then you're going to start looking elsewhere. So now he's finally been given the, the, you know, the possibility of staying. But is that going to be enough for him? I mean, I think this works both ways. It's quite easy to see a prism of Lazio uh, needing to tie him down on the situation. But they're also perhaps going to have to actually convince him to. Um, because, you know, is he going to want to commit, say, to a three- or four-year contract if out of the blue he went from playing 45 games a season to, to being a reserve? Um, what? Well, I, I think without Inzaghi, things have changed. So I think the main reason he lost his job was Simon Inzaghi. And uh, at the beginning of the season, obviously, I think I got the impression that Sarri trusted his men. And Reina, let's not forget, uh, was managed by Sarri at, ne- at Napoli, like his eye. So I think he started Sar- uh, Reina sorry, uh, for that reason. But, you know, going forward, he, he realized, okay, maybe... It's better if Strakosha starts. So I think they're probably building a relationship. So if if Inzaghi would have stayed, I would have told you now, no, Strakosha is not renewing his contract. And let's not forget, first interview at Oronzo, the first guys talking was Strakosha, saying that how things now are better, how the new manager is great, etc., etc. You can really feel that the relationship between Inzaghi and Strakosha broke up. And, you know, again... I didn't understand why Stragosha lost his job because he pretty much didn't do nothing wrong. He simply got COVID and never came back. So, uh, but talking about Stragosha and renewing contract, there's Marusic in that situation. There's Luis Felipe in that situation. It's not the only player in that situation. So, you know, and seeing the performance of Luis Felipe yesterday. Mm-hmm. Hmm, and Marusic as well. I'm, I'm not convinced that the mindset is there. Um, yeah, I mean, Luis Felipe as well is what has been one of the many, I have to say, players went with Milan now for January, obviously, there for, for a new centre back now that Kia has been injured. And there's been a lot of talk about that. There's been a lot of talk about him joining into, like everyone else, with Inzaghi and. I think that it's easy to just dismiss this stuff because there's so much all the time. But I think as a player, maybe it does. Maybe it does filter into your mind a little bit. Um, and I think that would be a big... It would be a big blow for Lazio Felipe at that age. And kind of finding a, a good run of games. And he's thankfully managed to stay fit quite a lot this season so far as well. So. It would be a real shame to lose him for free. So, so soon after, it's not quite as serious as that one was. But um, 
but yeah, I think Lazio to, to and you know in the COVID climate, you, it's important to be making as much money as possible. And one easy yes. way to avoid that seems to be that you don't lose some of your best players for free, which they're at risk of at the moment. Alizer, can I can I ask you something? I'm a little bit disappointed because every single Lazio player has been linked to Inter except us us two. So I mean, I, I was <laughs> a little bit disappointed. And, you know, maybe tomorrow Corriero Sport Campanile link with Inter, you know. Lazzari. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Felipe, Luis, Felipe, Acerbi, everybody, everybody, every single Lazio player has been linked with Inter, except us. Well, we're not players, but, you know, we're very into the club. I mean, uh, even the Milan, the Luis Felipe rumors to Milan, Two days ago, it was it was written that if Milan doesn't go through the Champions League, they will have the money to to buy Luis Felipe. So I think that's pretty much over. But I wouldn't be surprised next week Gazzetta dello Sport come back and say Luis Felipe to Inter this summer, this winter. But what I wanted to say is I I didn't see Luis Felipe as focused as I was hoping for. Yesterday he get a stupid yellow card and it's not the mm-hmm. first one this season. Uh, he's a great talent, don't get me wrong, but the mind is the key. If you're not focused in that single match, then your performance won't be as great as they could be. And so I think Sarri and Igritare has to check who wants to stay and who doesn't. And then from there start making the transfer market or the plan for the future. Yeah, I think it's there's just too many ups and downs with Luis Felipe, which is kind of like a lot, well, a lot of the players in this squad, like Lazio, have been in general this season. You know, he almost kind of sums up the team really in the way that he ebbs and flows. I still do believe him. I think he's got a lot of talent, but yeah, just yeah, whether it's fitness or whether it's consistency or yeah, just stupid stuff. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, it was him who kind of saved us that goal when Galatasaray hit hit the post by. Get, getting uh, getting up very quickly to head that off the line. Um, 
So it's, it wasn't all a disaster yesterday. Now, here we have fried chicken saying he would trade Luis Felipe. For me. Mm. I'm not, not sure about, about that. that. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to say that last year as well, when there are a lot of people saying, ah, Lazio should sign Romagnoli, I think he's very overrated. Like a lot of players playing for Milan in Inter, they are yeah. very overrated. Um, I'm not saying he's bad, obviously. If you're telling me, hey, would you start Patrick or Romagnoli, that's not a discussion. But would you put Romagnoli as your starter instead of Luis Felipe or Acerbi? Mm, I'm not sure about that. On the other side, Alistair, yesterday, two days ago, came out a rumor saying that, uh, not a rumor, Pedula said, there have been rumors of Luis Felipe, as you mentioned, linked to Inter, and it looks like Inter doesn't rate Luis Felipe that much. They said, well, Luis Felipe is not a player who could start. We have uh, De Vrij, Skriniar and Bastoni. We think they are better than Luis Felipe. So this is our valuation. Do you agree with that? Do you think that Luis Felipe it's, wouldn't be a starter in Inter? No, he wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't. He's, who's he going to get in ahead of those three? Uh, I mean, that's that was, you know, by far the best defence in Italy last season. And, and I think the problem is as well, Inzaghi never really knew exactly where to put him in his back three. Um, because to begin with, it seemed like he was the kind of alternative to De Vrij or to, or to Cherby as the central defender in the back three. And I always his best position there. But there was never really space for him there. And so he's played on the right a lot. But again... Uh, Again, there was, yeah, he's, I don't know, a bit, bit of inconsistency. Um, and I think that the system is a big thing when it comes to centre-backs. You know, it shouldn't be overlooked. You can't just trade them in and out. And that, that's, for me, the Romagnoli thing, going back to that for a second, is, is the same idea. I mean, I, I'm i not convinced about Romagnoli just in a back four under Sari playing with a high line. His lack of pace would be badly exposed. His one-on-one -on -one situations would be more exposed, whereas... If we were still playing under Inzaghi, you know, I might have said yes, because I'd have probably been happier with Romagnoli in the centre of a back three. But I think it does make a big difference. Talking about defenders, uh, did you see what Denis Vavro said? Yes. So basically, Vavro said that uh, physically... He's ready, but mentally not, because, uh, well, he, he hasn't given a chance. Last match he played was in the Euros. Uh, he definitely wants to leave in January. Uh, and that he stayed here just because of financial reason. Um, honestly, I don't understand why he doesn't get a chance, and Patrick does. But do you think he's going to leave in, in, in January? And what do you make about these quotes from uh, Denis Vavro? Well, yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, it doesn't—it doesn't sound like the, the the voice of a man who's who's exactly staying to fight for his place, and who you know who can blame him really at this point. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's been pretty clear for a long time now that he doesn't really have a role to play in this Lazio side. I mean, he has, you know, at least been getting called up into the squad every now and then this season. But um, when someone is missing, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, 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 it looks okay. like me, like 
you know, it looks like me, like a five-a-side team, you know. Oh, Thursday we're playing, ah, we are nine. Okay, let's call Vavro. So we are 10, right? You know, and once someone is missing, ah, yeah, I have a friend, you know. Yeah, yeah I know this Slovakian guy who's never yeah, got anything yeah. to do with uh, <laughs> You know, and then they ask you, how is it? Mm, well, you know, he can play. <laughs> yeah, stick him up front. He's a big man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, what, I don't know. I mean, if if Vavro goes, like, what can you realistically expect, um, to, like, money-wise, to get for him? I mean, I don't think Not you can expect zero. much. And well, if that's the case, if you consider how recently he was signed and the fact that he was Lazio's most expensive defender since Mihailovic, would this go down as Tari's worst piece of business, would you say? I mean, we can discuss that closer to the time. We have more time to actually think about it, but surely up yeah, there. Top, top three, I would say, right? But the thing is, he mentioned that he, he's been talking with League Two, Finnish club, so second division, which is not great, and said that basically he's going to be alone with uh, option to buy him at the end of the season. So no money coming, which is disappointing. And this brings me to another question. We were fighting to win yesterday, nil-nil. We couldn't shot on target, and two players were warming up. Raul Moro and Akpa Pro. No sign of Murishi, who is your number nine. <laughs> Again, you know, he could be your option, right? You, you need to score. You, why Akpa Pro warms up and not your, your second striker? Yeah, I was actually surprised he wasn't considered yesterday because, you know, mentioned before the game about the fact that he used to play for Fenerbahce. He might have a bit of a point to prove to all his Turkish fans. He's obviously incredibly popular um, still with the Fenerbahce supporters. Would have loved that chance to, to go and uh, make his mark against Galatasaray. And I don't know, you know, again, you know, it's a free hit, that match. It's a, a free opportunity. So you can take a bit of that pressure off him. You know, he's... He's come out publicly and said he feels dead mentally recently. So, I mean, to give him that, the, the, the kind of freedom of expectation in a way to chuck him on on a game like that and just say, look, we need a goal, give it everything you've got. Um, and perhaps, you know, even send some crosses into the box and see what yeah. happens for a change. So, yeah, feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity. Should we go through the potential yeah. teams we might face? Well, Sari said, well, do you want to mention the teams before? Yeah, okay. So, well, I'll quickly explain it in case anybody hasn't got it because they have changed the format this year. But basically what Lazio are in now is called the uh, the knockout round playoffs, which is quite confusing. But the reason they've called it that is because it's not the last 32 because there's only 16 teams in it. But anyway, it, it essentially is the last 32 round. But anyway... It's between the eight runners-up of the Europa League and the eight third-place teams from the Champions League. But you can't play a team from your own country. So Atalanta, for example, are a third-place Champions League team, but Lazio can't draw them. So no, we've got that. Leipzig, Porto, Dortmund, Sheriff, Sevilla, Zenit, and Barcelona, who, as you were about to say, Sabi wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
can I say something? I know a lot of fans won't agree with me, but I don't want to take Sheriff because I think the team will underestimate them and think, yeah, yeah. we are favorite, etc. And we will be hammered. Like I can see playing away, losing 3-0 to Sheriff. I can see it happen. And then, you know, at the Olympic, go, yeah, we, we can make it. Well, we go 2-0. Then the last five minutes, they score and we're out. So please, no Sheriff. And sorry, did Sari not even say, he's like, yeah, I don't want them because I don't even know where they're from. <laughs> yeah, something like, uh, He said, the flight could be so long that I, don't, I want to avoid it. Which makes sense. Yeah, no, because... I was thinking that. I mean, for, you know, for, for work reasons rather than pleasure reasons, I've ended up actually watching most of Sheriff's games this, <laughs> this Champions League. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like they would be a nightmare team for Lazio stylistically as well because they're exceptionally well-organized. But they're actually very, very dangerous on the counter-attack as well. So, yeah, I, I feel the same as you. I thought it was interesting if, you know, if Club Bruges had managed to finish third in their group, which... I don't think they were too far off. We would have had our entire Champions League group from last season available again. I mean, <laughs> we, we could get Zenit or Dortmund again. I mean, I, you'd probably take Zenit again at this yes. stage. I mean, it, I, I don't think there's any easy... There's no easy games there. I mean, they're... That's, that's why we needed to win the group, right? Well, precisely. Um and well, uh, looking at looking at the list, I honestly think Lazio would be yeah underdogs in in all those games apart from probably Sheriff. Um, but which is the only then, one we don't want. <laughs> yeah, Leipzig, I guess, kind of depends on they've get they're getting a new manager in, aren't they? So I guess kind of depends on how how that goes. But I mean, Barcelona. They're in a they're in a state, and so you know I've seen a lot of people saying it's a great time because it'd be a big glamorous tie, but also you might actually be able to knock them out because of the state Barcelona are in. But it's always worth remembering at this point because this happens every year once the group stage is over and you start talking about the draw. These these games won't take place until the end of February, so there's quite a long two and a half months to go until we actually have to think about this and. A lot can change in that time. January transfer window between now and then, any any number of changes with you know coaching or or form or whatever. So, well, they just changed the manager and they don't have a lot of money, so I don't think they're gonna sign great players. But the thing I want to, I, I think Lazio should pick the best option would be Zenit and Barcelona. Zenit because I think of the lot after Sheriff is the weakest team. And Barcelona, because I hope, I hope to be honest, that Lazio player won't underestimate Barcelona. I hope. So, you know, I think, I'm not saying we're going to win, but at least we have a chance. And I think that Lazio will play his best. Plus, I hope that um, Lazio player will try to play at the best. Just, you know, if Miliko Isavic wants to go, which is my impression I have, well, maybe he's, he wants to have a great performance against Barcelona. And, you know, if he plays well, then we have a chance to win. Or at least we're going to go out in style. So, I fear Borussia Dortmund because with Haaland, it can be really, really complicated. Uh, Lipskit, it's another good team that can, you know, come back, as you was mentioning with the transfer market. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I would pick one of those two teams. Things can change, you know. Maybe Lazio pick up great, great run of form in February, and we demolish any other team we find. 
or the other way around. Maybe you arrive at the end of February with seven players injured. Uh, we have to start with the Prima, Primavera players and we can lose 8-0 against Sheriff. Who knows? But, you know, I, I want to see um, Barcelona Zenit. They are the best option we have at the moment for different reasons, but I think they are the best option for us. Yeah, and just to reiterate what we've missed out on, um, by having these two games, we're now going to have a run of matches with Bologna on the Sunday, then one of these matches, then Udinese, then one of these matches, and then Napoli at home. So at the end of that run, with those two European games in between, we're going to be taking on Napoli when alternatively we could have had a week off in preparation so it's a bit frustrating but they too they too uh, had to play a, a match right yeah, because there is that so, yeah so this could have been an advantage obviously Lazio didn't take it because we don't want to take advantage um and we have to see what happened in January now uh Sari mentioned that we need some signing this winter History tells us that Lazio hardly make any good signing in January. So I'm, gonna, I'm really curious to see if this time things changes. Um, we, we talked about Vavro. There are a lot of other players linked. Escalante, Lukaku, and so on. So maybe if we are able to sell those players, we'll have the money to sign other players. This would be really important. And uh, we're going to see. Fried chicken, we... Don't know, because uh, Sarri didn't make any official announcement about the goalkeeper. Uh, we badge him because he played the last two matches, right, Alizar? We were mentioning that Strakovic should be our number now, number one now. Um, find out know, on Sunday, I guess. Yeah, pretty much we're going to find out on Sunday. And again, on Sunday we're going to find out if Luis Alberto will start, if he's fully fit. I think he will start, right? Because... Milinkovic is out. And um, do you think Felipe Anderson will have another chance, Alistair? Um, I don't know, because I, you, you, I wouldn't drop Zakanya at the moment because it feels no. like he's, he's really starting to get somewhere. So I think if um, you're bringing in Anderson, it's for Pedro, which, you know, yeah. I could potentially see happening because, uh, you know, Pedro's had a couple of quieter games and he does need does need to be rotated as well. So possibly, possibly a kind of Zakanyi Anderson Immobile front three. Um and yeah, but otherwise, yeah, like you say, I think it's it's fairly predictable with um Alberto coming in for Milinkovic and Cataldi probably coming back in for Lucas. And um even can I say that yesterday when Cataldi came in, he he didn't improve things. He was too frenetic, too trying to do too many things and made a mess out of it. Uh, he made a lot of mistakes. And I can understand there was a sense of urgency, but you have to calm down and move the ball better. Otherwise, this simply helped Galatasaray getting the point. So, I don't know. Mm, I was hoping to see a better performance from Lazio players. But anyway, uh, Sunday, we have a chance to regroup. We need three points, obviously, even though we already mentioned that the, set, that the Champions League is hard this, this year, but we still have the European uh, chance still on, and Sassuolo will be a very important test, right, Alistair? 
Yeah, difficult team. Lazio always struggle with them. They've been playing pretty well recently. I mean, you know, well, they, they had to come back from 2-0 down to draw a Spezia last weekend. But before then, they, they beat Milan. They came back from 2-0 down again to, to draw with Napoli. So they've been taking points off, off big teams, playing good football. You know, Scamacca, uh, Raspadori, Boga, they've got a, a lot of dangerous players. So, yeah, it's a test. It's a big test. Like I said before, I think it's probably Lazio's hardest test before the winter break. So it would it would mean a lot to, to get a result from it. And we're playing away. Let's not forget about that. That Yes, we beat Sampdoria, but that was just the, all, the second win away in Serie A this season. So this makes it even harder for Lazio. Uh, Alistair, I think we can wrap it up here. I don't know if you have a stat this time or we're good to go. Um, I, I've got one uh, just wow. off the top of my head because I've, I've actually written an article that will be published today about the Strakosha Reina debate. And I found out in my research that Reina has made 31 saves this season and conceded 28 goals in <laughs> Serie A. So he is averaging basically one save per two shots. No, that's not right. He's yeah, saving one out of every two shots, which is uh, not good, by the no. way. He's quite far down the list of top saves. <laughs> That's why Slagosha came back. So, well, that was, that was interesting. Uh, again, thank you again, Alizer, for joining me. We'll be back after Lazio Sassuolo, Lazio, unfortunately. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Remember to follow us on YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, and Twitch. And if you want to support us, patreon.com slash Lazio Lounge. Membership starts at $2 a month. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Alizer. Cheers. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.